place is too hot for a pickup. They won't touch us till we get over the border. Hey, Billy, give me a way out of this hole. The aerial says we are cut off. The only way out of here is that valley that leads to the east. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. Not much choice. Pancho, take lead. Double time it. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi horror suspense classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And joining us today, we have a couple of special guests from Back to the Future Minute, the Dueling Genre Podcast Network, Cornetto Trilogy, the Cornetto Minute podcast and a whole host of other projects we have scott corelli and nick jimenez how are you guys hello hi happy to be here <laughs> all right thanks so much for being on the show after uh, a few technical difficulties which totally cut out <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you so much yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i mean you know it happens not to the predator but to everybody yeah. else <laughs> <laughs> to everyone else <laughs> yeah, he, he he relies on technology a lot, so he really counts on Google Drive not failing him that day. So, but we're talking minute thirty-two of Predator. Minute thirty-two opens with Dylan and Anna Dylan. awkwardly Dylan. <laughs> awkwardly standing around, and ends with Mac, Mac. Quietly, Mac. <laughs> quietly telling Dylan over here. Oh, and by mm. the way, guys, it, I don't know if you've listened to an episode or two, but we <laughs> we unfortunately have this thing. It's kind of like your 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 what was it? What Lorraine? What Lorraine? Like every time that pops up, you, you almost have to echo it. It's like kind of in our lives and our ears and brains these days. When we say Mac or Dylan, it, it can't help but echo Dylan. it. It's just a knee jerk reaction. So apologies ahead of time. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's one of the uh, it's one of the smaller <laughs> pleasures of the movie is getting to hear these really normal average Joe names like Mac and Dylan Mac, sound Dylan. completely foreign Mac. and alien in, in the mouth of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he, he says it like no no one else can. Dylan, yeah. Dylan, he's hard shoes on those names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Mac, like, yeah, Mac, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little, oh yeah, Mac, Mac is one that we've talked. We've Jeff and I have talked a lot about how like we'll just be like in a store like teaching or whatever, and something will be Mac or rhyme with Mac, and we can't help but knee-jerk like a little mac yell out like mac oh sorry <laughs> mac! So sorry i didn't mean to t- <laughs> i don't know who i'm talking to right now <laughs> i fed my kids mac and cheese tonight <laughs> this is a true story you can <laughs> you know it's where this went dudes looking yeah. for it's like girls come sit down <laughs> it's time for mac and cheese mac! yeah <laughs> a lot of a lot of calling out of names yeah nick you're right but uh, Jeff, you want to dive in? What, what are we seeing here in the very beginning of the minute? Yeah, well, this does, does this again carry over from the last minute? <laughs> it will uh, always carry over. <laughs> yeah, so we carry over from the last minute and we get uh, so uh, Dylan and Dylan! Uh, Dutch just finished their heated conversation about what to do with our hostage, uh, mm-hmm. Anna. And uh, we get a nice little awkward moment here. <laughs> Where it's Dylan great. sort of stares, sort of past the the camera, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Anna looks down at her toes awkwardly because she knows that Dylan's just been chewed out. 
yeah, Hannah just has that awkward look in my notes I wrote. It's like if you've ever been showing the new person around your job and like you're kind of chewed out for something you forgot to do. Like, hey, why didn't you lock up last night? And you're like trying to show the new person around the new person. They don't know where to look. They don't have any cachet or anything. Have you ever done that thing where you're like uh, where you're like a customer and just trying to like do what you're there to do? You accidentally get an employee in trouble like by asking them a question or like, <laughs> yeah. hey, excuse me, I think this is a, like, oh, no, oh, geez. And then, then like the manager overhears it. And like, oh, no, I didn't mean for this to be a thing. I just. <laughs> yeah, and now you're staring just staring at your, at your oh, shoelaces. God, I I out of me. Slowly putting the beans back on the shelf or something. <laughs> I just wanted to let them know that the water was, the Coke was coming out, just water. <laughs> right, right. I didn't, I didn't want to cost anybody their job. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just wanted some syrup in my soda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of what she does here, and we just get that for like two seconds, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the triumphant return of some predator vision. It's been a yeah. while. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's that that classic predator vision that. Yeah, any, anybody who knows this movie probably thinks of right away alongside a lot, a great many things. But one of the things that they're going to point out is just how the predator sees things in the world. And it's that black and blue background with the things that we're meant to pay attention, attention to being in that infrared color scale. Can I ask like a really yeah. super basic friggin predator question but just for the sake of moving the conversation forward oh, yeah uh so that the predator vision that we all know and we're familiar with is that what the predator's eyes are picking up or a special helmet that would be his special helmet because you do see much later in the movie when he takes off the mask everything turns from this into like a much i don't know uh, less useful version of this where everything just turns red and I couldn't even tell you why that is. Mm-hmm. And that's like what his actual vision is like. But this is like yeah. with his, his his very special helmet on. This is like what yeah. it's giving him. Yeah, I think we're to assume view. that like whatever his vision is doesn't quite work on this planet. And uh, so this helmet, these goggles or whatnot, uh, give him a way to to track what's going on. Track! Matt! Right. Track! He, ba- he basically <laughs> just hunts in detective mode if you've played the Batman games. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah. The he doesn't Arkham care about Asylum the graphics. Games? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. The Arkham Asylum games. He doesn't. He, yeah, he Like Nick said, he doesn't care about graphics. He's just there <laughs> to pass the level. <laughs> and you know, one of my favorite bits of lore that we got from Shane Black's The Predator from last year is that the predator that we're following in this movie is kind of like those those dipshits that go out and hunt like endangered animals in Africa. Like he's oh, not a totally. cool predator. He's kind of like no. a. Like a not a I don't want to say any, but 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 yeah. So like I don't know. That's kind of colored the mood this movie for me in a really interesting way. Yeah. Um, no, he's a giant dick. Yeah. And uh he's a trophy we, hunter who just shoots you from the trees in a little bird nest. You're like, oh that they had no chance. Yeah, <laughs> we like leave red helmet on. Yes. <laughs> we've theorized that the predator might actually just be like a predator kid that's just <laughs> wandered away or gone away from his home and is now just, you know, killing humans the way a little kid would kill ants with a 
with a magnifying glass. Uh, yeah, or like, oh, yeah. or like those kids that would have like little like pellet guns and would go out and shoot like squirrels and stuff. I, I just yeah. saw uh, I just saw an Onion article uh, the other day that it was the headline was like rich guy takes kid hunting at local zoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. That's that's what yeah. this reminds me. Sounds of. about right. That yeah. would be a great predator movie. The idea of like an older predator and an adolescent predator like hunting together. Is that Requiem? Is that did I just describe Requiem? I don't know. I could I couldn't tell you. I've only seen bits and pieces of the that's those right. masterpiece crossovers. I saw the first one. Earlier. Oh, okay. Oh, man, those movies are hot garbage. Um, do you get, so in in this predator vision here, we just get sort of an above shot, and the camera sort of swoops down, and uh, we see who we assume is is Dutch walking through the darkness there, right? Right, because it cuts to our real vision, and right, that's exactly who's marching in. This Arnold is marching over to Billy, throwing off his jacket. Uh, in the <clears throat> uh, previous couple minutes ago. Um, we're discussing with uh, my cousin Scott, not mm-hmm. related, obviously, but uh, uh, he was he was pointing out how one of his commands to Mac was no traces. Yes, <laughs> and, and in this movie, like no traces, they don't make any effort to clean up the traces. And in this minute itself, you're seeing him shed articles of clothing, and then later on, a half finished cigar or mostly finished cigar. No traces. Not to yeah. mention all the casings and explosions and burned out choppers they're leaving behind. Yeah, the idea that they are supposed to leave no traces after this uh, ass kicking in the jungle is is, is comical. Leave no series. trace, no traces. Like judges. <laughs> we get some good cigar smoking here too as he's marching. Yeah, you know, I was over. just thinking about mm-hmm. that. So this dude, I don't know. I don't really know from cigars. To me, cigars are ceremonial. It's like, hey. You graduated yeah. high school, son, or hey, there's a baby been been born. What, or you know, it's New Year's Eve or whatever. You break out cigars. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Does he just have like a pouch of them in his little pack, or is he just chomping on one the whole time? <laughs> has he been chomping on one since? Good he question. Him? We, we've we've theorized that he has it written into his contract that he gets to smoke a cigar in every movie he makes. Doggies. <laughs> <laughs> Even Mister Freeze smoked a cigar. Right. Yep. Possibly. That's yes. right. Yes. Just spray it with what you're spraying on me. <laughs> the word spray. Yeah, it's a nice cigar. <laughs> yeah, here it seems like it's just kind of like his de-stressor. Like he, he's under the next piece of the mission and he really just needs like a stress ball to squeeze, but he doesn't have it. So he's just going to chomp on the cigar. He is just chomping on it and spitting out orders. This isn't like a, hey, we just did it. We just killed 90 gorillas. Ah, it's, ah. <laughs> it's ah, I can't believe I did. it. It, it kind of makes him, it, it, yeah, you're right. It does relax him a little bit. It, 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 you can tell that he's at ease doing that more than anything else. So it, mm-hmm. it looks, it, yeah, it, it adds an authenticity to him. As he's doing I mean, this very crazy action movie stuff. You know, I've often said that uh, that is goes with what what Nick is just saying. That like I've often said that um, our Arnold Schwarzenegger is Tommy Wiseau with self awareness, uh, and <laughs> wow. like he's not a good actor. Like he's not. He's just not. He, right. he got better right. as his career went on for sure. But he's not a good mm-hmm. actor. He was a bodybuilder. It was like, I guess I do this now. Um, and yep. he did. And But he had the self-awareness to know 
what he was capable of early in his career and then like grew. He knew what his blessings were. Right. And he knew that mm-hmm. like, I, I'm not an American hero. This is stupid that I'm in this movie, but if I'm going to be in this movie, I'm going to chomp a cigar. So at least I can feel American and that'll help with my performance. Yeah. He, he's sort of, yeah. he's one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite movie stars that we've had this century really because he, there is something beautifully American in a roundabout way, because when you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, he has become such a part of American blockbuster cinema. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he has a oh, very, yeah. a very long last name that's hard for, you know, like strange for people from this part of the country. And then he has like, yeah, that accent, not John Wayne or whatever, but he is he, in his own way that he kind of comes back around. Yeah. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. talked about how this is kind of the perfect project for Arnold, because this movie... We are we're in a particular section of this movie that does have a quite a bit of dialogue, mm-hmm. but the majority of the movie does not. Mm-hmm. And so most of Arnold's acting is nonverbal acting. Um, he acts a lot with his body movements, his eyes, his yeah. expressions. And in those scenes, I think he's actually pretty good. Um, and it just he knows what his strengths are. Right. You know, he's not a dramatic actor. That's not what he's doing here. He's flexing his muscles. He's smoking a cigar. He's giving orders. He's looking worried. Uh, he's looking scared at times. Like that's what he's good at. It's, it's one of the things that is a big, uh, is a big miss for me in, in my estimation that he didn't make more team based movies and perhaps it's, perhaps it's ego driven or perhaps that's something else uh, where his agent just steered him away from team movies. Cause I think he does a, a fantastic job as part of the team and the leader of a team in this movie. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the, like, you know, to, to, to compare him to his, certainly his contemporary of, of our era, one of them, Dwayne Johnson sort of knows that he's better mm-hmm. with a partner or with a team. He's like, I, yeah, like I can do yeah. something like skyscraper, but his biggest hits have been stuff like the Jumanji movies where he's a, a great part of an ensemble or the fast and furious movies where he's, he's become part of a family, uh, mm-hmm. even Hobbs and Shaw family, yeah, hashtag family. Fast and the Furious presents Tom and Shaw. Yeah, part of a duo, <laughs> or the movies with uh, Kevin Hart, or uh, oh yeah, Central Intelligence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely going to end up doing a movie with Kumail Nanjiani, right? Like that's going to happen. That. I think that's definitely going to happen. Right. Oh, he's got to. Yeah. Do you, what uh, a wacky pair up. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Two totally different people. Ray, Ray Romano and Kumail Nanjiani worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, do you want to do... I think you should do Arnold. Yeah, I'll do I'll do Dutch. You be Billy because this is a good Billy iconic line. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. And this, this is, is one that... One. And, uh, I can, and I can do a Southern accent here, so... All right. Yeah, yeah this is uh, Billy's iconic line that <laughs> Jerry Porter pointed out as one of his favorites way back when when he had the Indiana Jones voice on. That's right, he did. <laughs> it's like yeah. all the lines in the movie. I thought, oh, <laughs> that's cool. Okay. So, so to Dutch. set this up, uh, we come yeah. out of the Predator vision. Dutch is marching through the camp towards the camera, and uh, this is the conversation that him and Billy have. Yeah. Place is too hot for a pickup. Throws down jacket. They won't touch us till we get over the border. Hey, Billy, give me a way out of this hole. The aerial says we are cut off. The only way out of here is that valley that leads to the east. But I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. <laughs> Not much choice. Boncho, dick lead, double time it. Then he throws down something else. He throws down a cigar. So <laughs> so the, 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 the notes. So, so does... 
do do you guys think Arnold Schwarzenegger knows what too hot for a pickup means? Or does he think it actually means heat? And that's why he's like, I'll throw my jacket down because it's too hot to be wearing this jacket. It's too hot for this jacket. It's too hot for a pickup. It's too hot for this jacket. I need to expose my guys in the tries. I think I think he would know what he's saying, but you know, who knows? He was in the Austrian military, right? And Way back mm. in the day before he came to the U.S., so he might know some terms, but I don't know if – I mean, that might be way too much slangism for where he is right now in 1987. <laughs> I took it, it to be – seems very suspicious. Yeah, I took it to be kind of an angry, like, just throws that jacket down. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Place is too hot for a pickup. They won't touch us till we get over the border. Just, I just, yeah, sense disgust in him. Just And when he throws a cigar after this amazing dolly shot that – goes on for 10 seconds after he's <clears throat> done talking with Billy and giving Poncho commands uh, where he's looking and we're looking over his shoulder at Anna and Dylan. Yeah, he throws that cigar in Dylan's direction just with this just disgusted, I am so done with this situation. We need to get out of here as quickly and painlessly as possible. Yeah, so what do you guys think of the uh, analogy of a broke dick dog? Hmm. In the in the context that he's saying, <laughs> it, it sounds nutty, like it's a like, like it's I a have. bad thing. Like it's the dogs. It seems like you would want to. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. Right. As if to say, I wouldn't wish that on something that is awful that I hate. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. Right. You know, someone say like, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Mm, yeah. And so, to me, a broke dick dog inspires pity. Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. that's what, or maybe it's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't wish, I wouldn't w- wish that on a on a thing I on feel a, bad man, on I my on my dying grandmother. Like what? Why, man, would, that yeah. wouldn't make any sense. I wouldn't want that to happen with a dog with two legs. <laughs> that's, that's what I was wondering about because you already feel bad for a broke dick dog. Why would you? Yeah. Why would you wish that on a broke dick? Dog? Unless he doesn't feel bad for a broke dick dog, and in fact he hates the broke dick dog for being different than him. Yeah, that's look at that dog. He doesn't have a dick. Let's shame him. So what I'm Fucking always throw him in the valley. Dog. Actually, no, not the valley. Something else. <laughs> the valley's too much. The valley's too much, even for a broke dick dog that I hate. Like, <laughs> wish I don't know. Yeah, like was this? Do you guys think this is a Jim John Thomas original? Or did it, was this like a colloquialism of the twenty? No, this century? is this is definitely not a Jim John Thomas original because oh, you've heard this before. <laughs> in I his, guess only in his personal life. So, <laughs> I guess the way I took your phrasing was: Did Jim and John Thomas write this in the original script? No, they did not. This is oh, something that right. My bad. <laughs> this is more shooting script day of kind of filming that they came up with because yeah the original script they're just picking up they're literally in the original script they're picking up all the casings and dousing all the fires they're calling into con ops about where the uh, their good guy bodies are because two of them originally they're leaving no traces were killed in this yeah they're, they're really trying hard to leave no trace in the original script but no traces and right the original script and the right there's no mention of broke dick dog so, I don't, so, I don't so we're assuming this is a Shane Black original. This is yeah, that's a good point. This might be a Shane yeah. Black original because he was really yeah. just in it for the dirty joke the writing. He didn't, yeah, it didn't really add anything according to everybody behind the scenes. Hope they got it before too long. Uh, no, <laughs> man. Oh man, that movie. Okay, so. Should we uh, should we transition here to the uh, third section of the minute? Oh, le- okay. A couple last things here. Um, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, John McTiernan mentions that this dolly shot 
that's going over. It's switching from over Billy's left shoulder to over Dutch's left shoulder. This is John McTiernan on the commentary giving credit to the Australian cinematographer Don Don McAlpine um, saying that Australians had a much looser style and they really loved doing these camera tricks, which I thought was really interesting because I would think that, you know, Hollywood, they'd be pushing the edge and pushing the envelope in terms of camera work. And here he is given Australians movie credit or filmmaking credit. Yeah. Well, once again, it does a good job of sort of establishing the geography. Uh, You know, during the guerrilla camp raid, they were jumping around so fast. It was hard to keep track of where we were. And now we get John McTiernan's kind of slower boom shots, his pan shots, and Mm -hmm. you get a better sense of, kind of where they are, what the gorilla camp looks like. And um, I just really like how it moves along with him and it sweeps across and then joins Arnold with Billy in their conversation uh, pretty seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, McTernan kind of doing his good work here. So yeah, then right. we're jumping to the third part, Jeff. Yeah, so we get uh, Dutch throws his cigar down and right as he does that, we switch back to... Back back predator vision um and so in predator vision we can clearly see our four uh team members um in the heat vision and they kind of move out away from the helicopter Mm -hmm. and the predator vision hangs on for a second we get a a quick close-up of dylan Dylan. uh dylan dylan pushing anna along and then it cuts back to normal vision and uh she's not happy is she john she's not happy she's Cussing and letting him know in Spanish all sorts of things that he can be doing. Um, he gives a little bit of feedback, and he's a little bit slower speaker in Spanish. So I was able to catch his lines, I think. I think he says something along the lines of, Es tu largo camino a su más fácil, which, I don't know, it's a long way at your easiest is what I could translate best at. But if you guys mm-hmm. have some insight into what he and she are saying to each other, this would be uh, an awesome time to enlighten us because I, I was not able to catch what they're saying to each other exactly. It's an interesting artistic choice to leave it without subtitles. Yeah. yeah. I thought about that too. Yeah. They just leave it alone and, and let you interpret it from context to what the movie cares so little about what the people <laughs> in the other language are saying. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. I mean, they even argue about it later in the movie where they're like, bullshit that's not what she said (laughs) it's a little it actually kind of strains credibility that more of them don't speak spanish oh like yeah why yeah it feels like they're down they're down there enough in south america Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why why wouldn't they be helping secretly helping with coups (laughs) stopping communism dead in its tracks i'll be i'll be i'll be perfectly honest i don't i i I haven't watched this movie a great many times in my life and until you guys just started talking to me t- say, talking about Spanish and South America. I assumed this was Vietnam. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. No, you're not wrong. Cause I, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you know, yeah. Th- where, where are they? Do, do you know like what country Ooh, they're in? I'll, I'm going to let you take this, John. Okay. So <laughs> if, if you want to debate people online about predator, just say like, Oh yeah, it's sure. It's t- sure. For sure. takes place in Central America or Guatemala or the fictitious country of Valverde, which none of that is mentioned in the movie except like there's a little thing I found out the other day when he throws the machete into the guy and says, stick around, stick around behind the guy who's stuck around. Like there's like a poster and like, you can barely read out the words Valverde on the poster behind him, which 
I don't know if that makes it canon, but I'm going to go with it and say this is the fictitious country of Valverde, which is connected to Die Hard 2, uh, Predator 2, and Commando, which uh, I believe it's all mentioned in, in those movies. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that, that, that absolutely means that uh, that alien also exists in, in the yes. universe of the Weapon. Okay. So, so I think they all I mean, exist in the same I think, universe. I, I think it also means that so does uh, John McClane, which me- can only mean that we need John McClane versus Predator. John McClane versus Predator oh. versus Alien, or or even better, John McClane and Predator versus Alien. Yes, yes. Oh my oh. God, John McClane and Danny. Wait, does <laughs> will Danny Glover play his <laughs> character from Lethal play? Weapon and his character from Predator Two? In the same movie, yeah. why not? <laughs> Wait, he's Murtaugh and Harrigan. <laughs> we'd oh have we'd God. have two just... uh, Arnold Schwarzeneggers too because of Commando. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, shit. Yeah, I just had a Predator gasm. That'd be amazing. Ray Don John <laughs> during uh, dialogue with Bruce Willis. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. John McClane fighting a predator would be like a hundred times better than any diehard sequel and any predator sequel. Yeah. For yes, sure. Yes. Yes. I, so, yeah, I would be so out of his element. It would be just like the original diehard, but that's the only way it could be is if he has to fight an alien whose only purpose is to murder everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At this point, post wrestling an airplane to the ground, that's the only thing that could happen to John McClane. Kind of surf. Yeah. yeah. All right. He followed the way. He didn't make it go down. I like to imagine yeah. that he wrestled it to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he took it down with his hands. Yeah. Well, I mean, McTurnan, he did direct both Die Hard and Predator. Yeah. There you go. So, so, so he's the only guy who could direct it then yeah. as well. He finally returned. Yeah. Can you, uh, yeah, you guys are in Hollywood, right? Can you, uh, let John McTurnan know we, we need this crossover? Yeah. <laughs> It'd make a heck of a, like, and then, yeah, it would. The cop from uh, Die Hard, who's the dad in Family Matters, can also show yeah, up. Reginald Bill Johnson. <laughs> yes. Wow. Nice. Nice. He can, he can finally oh, well get the hero's death that he's always deserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, boys. I'm back. <laughs> hey, speaking, of, speaking of hero's death we do have one i think gorilla who faked his own death if you're seeing second 48 as dylan pushes anna along uh behind mac you see yeah. in the background one gorilla laying there his foot just for whatever reason he points it a little bit upwards like right in the middle of the frame you're not looking at it because you're not looking in the middle of the frame but if you are you see it all it's almost I like just... the, the wicked witch of the west or whatever was crushed under the house those little pointy boots yeah, he just like twitched yeah i just saw that i'm yeah i'm scrolling move, through and his sure foot does move yeah it's very human it's probably ironically it's probably out of fear that it would be seen this should move me out of the frame really <laughs> briefly I'm like no bob we got that <laughs> i think we should also in this sequence talk about the uh fires that we've got going oh, on on the totally gorilla camp flame still going someone needs to take care of this this is a uh, becoming a safety hazard yeah there is a, a massive fire uh, right around minute or excuse me second 46 and then uh another fire that seems to be right behind some fuel barrels yes and then as they pan across mac Mac. who's just sitting there like a fucking boss with his his gun on his knee (laughs) we get this huge palapa on fire and no one seems worried about it yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> Did it burn the chopper still on fire itself? But but hey guys, no traces. No traces. No traces. No traces. It's no kind traces. of dumb annihilation. <laughs> it is dumb annihilation. You're right. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, the, yeah. Get picked off one by one. Right. But it's very cerebral annihilation, whereas this is very physical. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, it's like how it's like that dumb Starbucks, like that 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 guy who made dumb Starbucks. Or it's like, yeah, the, the climax of annihilation is they fucking like have a dance off. They like, have like a interpretive dance off, but in this right. one it's like combat. Yeah. Blood, blood, blood. <laughs> well, it's kinda of, yeah, it's kind of a dance of the right, dance of the, the fists. Dance <laughs> yeah, of the yeah, traps. I have not seen Annihilation. I need to add that to the list of, to see. Ooh, I have it seen is, Annihilation. All right. It is. It is. Uh, it is weirdly similar to this movie. Weirdly, but also, huh. also not not in any way, shape, or form. But also kind of the same. <laughs> and I guess. And I guess conversely, you could also call Annihilation. It is. Yeah. Like. like <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we're wanting to be dismissive both ways sure, yes. be oh, um, alright so uh, did you guys have anything else to add about this uh, sequence here with Dylan and Anna and the burning um, gorilla camp behind them before we talk about the last little shot I mean I you know we yeah. we both live in LA you know it's not it's not yeah. the greatest mm-hmm. air quality in LA uh, you know, we have forest fires, we have smog. Mm. Uh, but Did you guys you know, just feel at home in this scene. <laughs> yeah, who are we to judge? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I just feel really comfortable when I look at this. I don't know. <laughs> just black smoke pouring out into the air here behind those fuel barrels. It's oh yeah, just like home. There are definitely yeah. afternoons where I, I actually have, like, earnestly have the, had the thought that I, I feel like I'm in like a Tony Scott. Movie. <laughs> yeah. Everything's orange. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's F sixteen yeah. flying overhead. Oh, that's 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 the dream. Ooh, man. Um but yeah, we, here we're gonna have our last little <clears throat> line of dialogue for the minute where Mac, like you said, Mac. Jeff Mac. <laughs> uh is sitting like a boss with his M sixty, he has one leg up. Dude doesn't even move just doesn't, as a statue. Doesn't move. He he calls Dylan over, but he, he has to say Dylan twice and he's actually giving us a really, really good New Dylan drop because I always drop in when Arnold's yelling, Dylan, Dylan, here's what Dylan. Dylan. So there's Arnold, and here's what the Dylan in this minute is. Dylan. It's a good little yell he's giving. It's a little like, high pitched. Dylan. Yeah, it's almost like it's it's Dylan. really it's it's really urgent. Dylan. But like yeah. when he when Dylan looks back at Mac, then Mac just gives a little over here. <laughs> he's he's not yelling. He's not rushing. He's just. Over here, like over here. Come on, take your time. I like I have a little secret for you. And knowing their history of the last time yeah. he spoke, you know, is it, is this going to be like uh, a continuation of that threat he made to him? Like I'm going to lead you real quiet, you know, leave you here. Got that? Or is this going to be like, uh, you know, that was a good job of us clearing up that rubble camp, right, guys? Right. You know? Yeah. Because earlier, uh, several minutes ago, they had that conversation where uh, Dylan sort of fell down that hill. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> And then Mac pulls him up mm-hmm. and reprimands him and says, if you ever give away our position again, I'm, what does he say? I'm going to... Yeah, uh, something like, I'm going to bleed you, leave you here. I'm going to bleed you. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to bleed you. So he gives him that threat. And so, yeah, it, you know, this little conversation here, Mac is so cool and calm and the way he says it is passive yet threatening. <laughs> yeah, like a psychopath. Yeah. That's that's my whole take on Mac's character since a minute whatever's seven or eight when they're on the chopper and he's just sitting there shaving 
It's <laughs> bald. The head is clean face. Why everybody else is joking around. Yeah. It's just yeah. no one, who shaves in a helicopter. That is fucking psychotic. What <laughs> <laughs> go yes. to a place really cares about. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we get that quick conversation, and then at the very end of the minute, we cut back and have a little more predator vision i actually really like how this minute ends mm-hmm. um as max says that and then it cuts back to predator vision and we get this really cool like zoom in zoom in zoom in effect um that is clearly we're supposed to assume that the predator is kind of like zoning in on mac as he's talking and it's kind of a cool effect i like that mm-hmm. and knowing, knowing what we know later like there's a little graphic that shows up next to when he zoomed into mac like it's almost like an audacity track but vertical exactly you're saying, <laughs> yeah uh, i wonder if he's recording this and yeah maybe, maybe he's gonna the use this later <laughs> Predator's doing his own podcast. Oh, no. Just an hour of silence. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> oh, technical difficulties. Predator. Oh, poor Predator. Poor Predator. Yeah, um, we're going to so, leave it there, I think. And we usually talk weekly recommends after we recap the minute where we talk about, you know, any kind of shows we've seen, movies, uh, cool styles of clothing we're wearing or a podcast we're listening to maybe something we're patronizing lately uh who knows i mean the the, the field is wide open we could be recommending there's there's no limit really. mm-hmm. so uh, you guys are the guests though so we're gonna give you first swings at it you know what i watched today uh john frankenheimer's ronin Mm. Uh, fantastic Robert De Niro it's yeah with Robert De Niro Jean Renault Sean Bean and yeah and I don't know like this is so Predator is so emblematic or uh uh, to me of the 80s or like for better for worse like like so much of like oh this 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 movie could only have happened in this decade and I kind of feel the same way about Ronin where it's it, it just it feels like so of a bygone era but still really timeless and i don't know i was i was watching this guy but i wonder how many because like i hadn't seen it before mm. uh it, like its reputation preceded it for me and so sitting down to watch it i was like oh man what a great it's like i had it oh, this was a first it time was, watch yeah. for you right oh man i i have loved ronin uh since I, I think i first saw it in the late 90s um i was still a teenager and it's it's been one of my go-to when people say recommend an action movie to me that that i haven't seen i'll i I immediately think. Yeah, of I'm Ronin. surprised I hadn't seen it. Uh, action, thriller, mystery. It's yeah, just so good. just a classic uh, movie. Great script. Sean Reno, who was in one of my favorite movies at the time, uh, uh, Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. So I'm really surprised <laughs> I didn't see this when it first came out. I've never heard anybody say that about Godzilla. But, all movie. right. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> right. All right, 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 right. Right. Not now. Not now. We're going to move down the list <laughs> since then. <laughs> it's moved down the list a little bit. Oh, it looks like Sean Bean's in there. Awesome. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. I, I, I think I saw that movie in theaters oh, nice. many, many years ago. What was that? Uh, it says 98. So, yeah, there's yeah, your movie about the 90s action. <clears throat> yeah, that's back when movie studios still made like mid-tier budget uh, smart, like thriller action movies for mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. I feel like we don't get that anymore, right? We either get sequels or big budget superhero movies, you know, 
or November and December rolls around and we get a bunch of award-based movies. But these these type of like smart action thrillers like Ronin, uh, I, I really yearn for the time when we could. Well, it was it was coming often. out at a time when uh, everyone had sort of. Uh, I mean, sort of like dismissed the James Bond franchise mm-hmm. and then it came back with a vengeance with yeah. GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. And when GoldenEye hit, it yeah. was like everyone wanted a piece of that. And so everyone was kind of making their own GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like that's kind of what this was. It's like yeah. this and like Italian job, you know, like there was a, there was a few mm-hmm. of those. And then, of course, right. payback with Mel Gibson. I, right, yeah. And of course, the biggest one was Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. which ended up becoming a franchise in its own right. But <laughs> yeah, uh, it yeah. became the thing now that everybody's copying. Right. If you go back and watch Brian De Palma's okay. first movie, it's kind of playing more to that vibe than what we've come to know as Mission Impossible. Right, right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Because you have a very long setup to that movie. Like, we don't get an action sequence in Ronin until. Man, I want to say like 30 or Mm -hmm. 40 minutes in, you know, like when they're walking towards the tunnel and even that's not even so much of an action sequence. It's just sort of a suspenseful buildup. And then we get that peak in the center with all the different car chases and and uh, cat and mouse that's going on. Don't they play a lot of chess in that movie? Am I, do I have that wrong? What am I thinking of? Or is, you mean literal chess? Yeah, aren't, they, or? aren't they literally playing chess in, in some scenes? Or what am I there thinking of? There was a lot of, of waiting. There was a lot of like, them waiting at warehouses uh, to hear back. Oh, no. Okay, didn't they have like... Okay, no, no, no. Okay, I think what I'm thinking of... Didn't, didn't they have like little miniatures oh, figures? Oh, yes. Yeah, like the and, Ronin. Like tabletop kind of games? Yeah. Oh, and that's yes. What I'm thinking. Okay. okay, and then they're explaining, yeah, what, like you are saying, Nick, what the, the Ronin represents. That is a great recommend. Anyone who has not seen Ronin should check it out. It's a fantastic Or recheck film. it out if you've already seen it. Yeah, yeah, watch yeah. it again. Homework. So, uh, Scott, what about you? Uh, so I'll just recommend uh, a book, actually. Um, this is uh, Marvel Comics The Untold Story by uh, Sean Howe. Uh, okay. this is, it's, it's, it's a really like in-depth look at the birth of Marvel comics, like starting from like the golden age and then going into like how Stan Lee like first got his job and then, and then like what he did in the forties and fifties as editor in chief, which led to him creating the fantastic four with Jack Kirby and like all of the interpersonal mm-hmm. drama and uh all of that the story of him becoming editor-in-chief at like 22 years old 21 years old <laughs> yeah. is kind of amazing uh the that story it's mm-hmm. it's pretty juicy as far mm-hmm. as like oh this is why they didn't get along for so long uh these two people um so i don't know it's, yeah. it's just it's really good and the book itself is written really well um it's it's really easy to read. Like it doesn't, even though you are reading a nonfiction book, it doesn't really feel like you're reading a nonfiction book. Like it doesn't feel like you're reading a textbook. Um, Mm. It's, it's very Mm. like narratively rich and uh, really, really well written to the point where, where it ends. I'm like, but there's still, there's more Marvel still. Why is this? Why is the book over? Like I wanted more stuff. Um, It kind of wraps up right around when uh, Marvel studio starts up. Um, is is like about where it where it ends like the like the early early 2000s like late 90s early 2000s is sort of where it ends but it's it's just really really good and goes through like every era of uh, Marvel Comics history and uh, I just think it's I think it's a fascinating read so that's my recommend and what's that what's nice. that book called again? Marvel Comics the Untold Story okay 
great. All right. Thanks for the recommend, yes, guys. The recommend. Uh, Jeff, what about you? Mm -hmm. What do you have? I'm, I'm going to recommend a show. Uh, it's a documentary series Ooh. that I just watched on Netflix um, that I thought was... Uh, I, I was sort of taken aback at how good it was. I sort of watched it uh, on uh, a whim because uh, it was recommended to me, you know, by their algorithms on there. Uh, but it's a documentary series called Losers. Hmm. And it is a, a kind of a sports-based documentary where it's, I think it's seven or eight episodes. And each episode focuses on not the winner of a particular event, but the loser and what their story is and um, kind of what happened before they lost this particular thing and then kind of what happened afterwards. And uh, it was super, super interesting uh, and really, really well done. And the episodes range from stories about professional golfers who choked in the, on the last hole of the British Open to um, a curling championship <laughs> in Canada uh, to a um, figure skating competition in the 90s. Like it bounces all around to different sports and the way they construct the stories and the interviews they get and uh, the stories they kind of dig out of these experiences are really, really interesting. And I just found it super compelling. And as someone who enjoys watching sports, I recommend it to any sports fan out there or even if you just like documentaries i thought it was hmm. really well done so it's called losers it's on, it just dropped on netflix i saw it recently nice okay it, any uh, of those loser stories particularly stand out to you oh man i you know the one about curling <laughs> stands out to me because i didn't know anything about curling but i'm sort of fascinated by the sport because it's so oh. canadian and it's so you know specific to a culture and, uh, you know, like they were using these, uh, a lot of the, the story about curling happened to uh, a group of, a team of curlers back in the eighties. And so these guys are like drinking Labatt's and smoking cigarettes <laughs> while they're curling. Like it's like the footage was just fantastic. Um, and I feel like I learned the most watching that one because I didn't know anything about the sport of curling. And, and now I'm like, oh, watch curling, All right. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, so that one jumped out at me, but they're all good. They're all really good. So cool. Check it out. Cool. cool. Uh, well, I have somewhat, I guess, more current uh, recommendation. Well, maybe just as current as yours, Jeff. But uh, I just saw Captain Marvel last mm -hmm. week in theaters, and I really enjoyed that. I would recommend that oh, highly. Nice. Uh, just if you're watching the Marvel movies and you're enjoying those, it's another good tie-in Marvel movie. Uh, and obviously, it's the one right before Avengers Endgame. So it's almost re required viewing at this point, but I understand there's <laughs> a lot of stuff online trying to tell people to keep away, but it's just, I don't know, just like any movie, you just have to go see it yourself and right, leave, leave all that stuff at, at the door and just go see it and enjoy it. I, I like the performances, love the action. Uh, they work in a little bit of humor to remind you, hey, this is a Marvel movie. I think Sam Jackson is great uh, and Ben Mendelsohn steals every single scene that he's in, and I'll I'll leave it at that. But go see hmm. Captain Marvel, which when this drops, yeah, it should still be in theaters in a few weeks. Two uh, Marvel recommends. Yeah, yeah. What are the odds? Well, I mean, you're yeah. you're partially doing this for homework, I imagine, Scott. <laughs> the <laughs> with with the Spider Man uh, minute that you and uh, yeah, partially, partially, yeah, Zach yeah, are working sure. on. Partially, yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, I'm sure you have to be a fan to be doing this kind of stuff. And speaking of which, doing this kind of stuff, uh, Scott, Nick, where can we find you guys? What, what do you have going on out there? Uh, DuelingGenre.com is uh, is where you can find the hub of all of our our, our podcasts, Rocky Minute, uh, Back to the Future Minute, all three seasons. We're currently doing the Cornetto Trilogy, lots of other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> to, to clarify, Rocky Minute is not one of ours. That is, no, Rocky Minute is hosted by, uh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, and then we have Harry Potter Minute, which isn't hosted by us, which is great. And uh, a few other shows, Immunities, which we have nothing to do with, but we're proud of to host. And uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Dueling Genre. Uh, go on the website, DuelingGenre.com, or just look up any of the podcasts that I mentioned, wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find us. Awesome. Thanks for the plug awesome. there, guys. Uh, are you guys still doing the Geek by Night show? We are. It is in production. Yeah, we're working okay. on season two right now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunately I haven't had time to ever check that one out, but you guys sometimes would drop in little clips. Yeah, here we had a Christmas and, special come uh, out. intros of your shows. Oh, awesome, awesome! It was just and it was yeah, just fun to hear you guys doing a little side project. Yeah, not necessarily movie related, but just right. You could tell the, the passion and the heart is there. So mm-hmm. that was neat. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jeff, what about you? Where can we find you? My name is Carlish, an expert. Oh, you can find me on uh, Twitter. I'm at uh, Carl underscore Hungus uh, on Twitter. And uh, come follow me there for me griping about uh, Seahawks not doing anything during the um, free agency period (laughs) here. (laughs) Or other uh, uh, movie-related tweets. So there you go. John, where can we find you and other Predator Minute content? Well, feel free to drop by Facebook. Well, we have a group, Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Come by and talk about your own weekly recommends or your favorite parts of, of Predator or something else from the Predator franchise, your favorite stunts, explosions, favorite lines. Oh, I totally meant to ask you guys your favorite lines. Maybe we'll save that for next minute, next week. I already said it. It's it's a, That's my new suit, Bob. I hope I have it in 42 long. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord it's gonna be a long minute uh, <laughs> uh, you can email us any kind of questions comments concerns maybe you're really mad at jeff for uh loving horror movies as much as he does you can let us know stop it <laughs> predator minute at gmail.com. you put that mechanical keyboard down right now <laughs> yeah uh and yeah we're on the twitter and the facebook predator minute find us let us know what you like about Predator and anything else that's going on these days. Uh, but for Predator Minute, I'm John Zabriski. And I'm Jeff Glover. Oh, I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. <laughs> blah, 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 blah.